You're listening to Between the Reads, a bi-weekly podcast that shines a spotlight on books by new and recently published authors. I'm your host, Audra Russell. Are you looking for a good read? Tired of being disappointed by trending books that don't live up to the hype? Maybe you're an aspiring author and feel like giving up on your writing? Stay tuned, book lovers and writers alike. This show is for you. Today's episode was brought to you in part by Strawberry Lit Magazine. Are you an author? Do you offer publishing services to authors? Promote yourself with various features from Strawberry Lit Magazine. Interviews, advertising, giveaways, and more. Grab your digital copy today and get 25% off. Use code BTR25 at checkout. Go to www.strawberrylitmagazine.com. Born in Linwood, California, and raised on the outskirts of Detroit, Michigan, Sonia McNair, a.k.a. Black Rose, is a writer with a goal of focusing on real subjects and issues that are both entertaining but bring healing and understanding to her audience. Starting off her career writing plays and skits for her local church, Black Rose later expanded herself into writing novels, which had been her dream since she was 16 years of age. Though her first book, Dangerously Dope Days, is centered around teen and young adult audiences, it is set in the 90s era, where many adults would enjoy experiencing the nostalgia of growing up during that time. Stepping outside of the normal hustle and bustle of creating a book in black and white, Black Rose has a YouTube channel. In it, she delivers commentary on different subjects in what she calls her new book, I Refuse to Be Mad Every Damn Day, a guide to being a happy black girl in a world that seemingly hates you. Sonia, a.k.a. Black Rose, welcome to Between the Reads. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, you are most welcome. It is my honor to have you here. So should I call you Sonia or should I call you Black Rose? You can call me whatever you want. Sonia Black Rose <laughs> is, is perfect. You, I think you just know not what not to call me. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but I Sonia or Black Rose works fine, whichever works fine for you. Okay, then. All right. So before we even get into the questions, how do we get from California to Detroit? Well, it's a long story. It's uh, kind of my personal story. Um, Okay. There were some things going on, you know, um, of course, in the 80s and Mm -hmm. the early 90s. uh, That's when crack hit very badly in L.A. Mm -hmm. and around those areas. So you know, it was one of those things. To make a long story short, we had to jump ship. And I got gotcha. you. Okay, yeah. And so you landed in Detroit, and yeah. I, mm-hmm. I have um, lots of family in Detroit. My uh, dad grew up between Jackson and Albion, but all of his cousins and all like that were in Detroit. So we would, when we would go to Minnesota every summer, we would stop through Detroit, see all our cousins, stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. I know a little bit about the D, like I know about burners. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have my burners, ginger ale. Oh, yes. <laughs> and don't forget about your pony dog. Uh, yeah, well, see, now nah, I don't know about that. You got to hit me on that one. <laughs> I, see, I said I know a little bit. I said I know a little bit. I know about burners because back then, and that was in the 70s and 80s, you could only get burners in Michigan. Yeah, Vernon's is so good. I wish oh I could have gosh. one because I'm in Cali now and I can't find one. But when I found a clearly Canadian, I was acted like I was two years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Safeway out here actually in Maryland carries it, but I have to go to the Safeway to get it. And and a giant. 
But I was like, when I saw it, I almost, I mean, I shouted like I was up in somebody's church when I found out. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's the birders out here, y'all. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and what I wouldn't give to have a real crab cake, you cannot get a real crab cake out here for nothing. Yeah, I bet you can't. Yeah. You know, Marilyn, we no, good we, we we good for the crabs out here. We got crabs yeah, everywhere. So good for the crab cake. That was mm-hmm. the best crab cake I ever tasted when I went to Maryland. Yeah. Yep. That's the one thing I could say. And then the crab cake with the burners. Girl, here to tell you. <laughs> Please don't get me started. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're supposed to be talking about books. We up here talking about Verners and crab cakes. Okay, okay, okay. So uh, let's <laughs> let's dig on into dangerously <laughs> dope days. Why don't yes, you start by ma'am. telling our readers what this book is all about? Well, it, this book is about a young lady. Her name is Cheyenne. She's growing up. Um, she's growing up kind of fast. Um, she's a fighter, and it's it's more so of a nostalgic tale of growing up. Um, sort of what life was like in Michigan with the uh, the story's fictional, so I want to I want to make that very clear because <laughs> some people thought it was real. <laughs> like, is this you? I'm like, no, it's not me. Uh, but um, Cheyenne is uh, she's a heck of a character. She, you know, mm-hmm. uh, she hits close to home. I wrote it from my heart, so uh, but. It's taking you through the life of a young lady from 11 up to the age of 19. Well, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. a book. So the book would have been uh, the size of my house <laughs> if I had written everything. <laughs> so, you know, some people might be like, okay, well, what happened in between this time? You know, and you, you got to cover what you can cover. So, right, right. Well, I just went ahead and scratched off my second question because I was saying, I know the book is fiction, but is it based off your own life? So I went to scratch that right off. (laughs) There are some things that are in there that are, I would say it's loosely based off of events, of some events that Mm -hmm. I myself have experienced. Because I think as a writer, I think sometimes you draw off of your own experiences and Mm -hmm. some of the experiences I can say were mine and some of them weren't. Mm, um, okay. So, you know, it's, it's, it, it's kind of my secret as a writer of which ones were, <laughs> which a lot of people ask me after they read the book, they're like, okay, so I know some of these places are real. Have you been there? And I was like, well, you just have to figure that out for yourself. <laughs> Right, like I'm like ball world. That sounds like that sounds too. I know the street, the street scene when they were on the street with the cars bumper to bumper. I know that was real. That yeah. had to be real. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Bellow is actually real. I included that. Shout out to Bellow. You know, I heard it's not the same as when I was there. You know, I was pretty young, um, mm-hmm. and now I'm older. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't been there in a while so I heard it's different but you know it was kind of jumping when I was mm. of that age so you know I had to I included some real places some places were fictional some places I um jumbled up you know to protect mm. the innocent because <laughs> <laughs> some people will be calling you up and be like I know this was me this was me most definitely that's when you're like I mean like no it was not <laughs> like 
Everybody thinking about them. It's like, really, y'all know. I had the blue shirt on when we went to such and such. It's like, no, you had a blue shirt on and so did a whole lot of other people. So just stop it. Like, for real, it wasn't you. I mean, I know you want to be in my book and all, but it ain't you. It ain't you. But it ain't you. That is funny. <laughs> So, you know, Cheyenne is this real interesting girl. Like you said, she's a fighter. Yeah. Um, she goes through uh, so much. Like her, her mother um, sells drugs. Her mother basically, she's like, a, she's a female pimp. She, she, she uses men for money. Yeah, she does. You know, to, to, to support her lifestyle. And she's kind of on and off the drugs. Yeah. throughout the throughout the book and the alcohol and she's raising her daughter in less than um ideal circumstances so like you said Cheyenne ends up growing up really fast and then a whole set of circumstances happens where Cheyenne is taken away from her mother and lives with her mother's sister who really is not that much better but you know, she ends up with a guy who is really kind of a solid guy and kind of he calms her her down enough for her to be kind of a role model to shy or not a role model, but a, a mother or whatever. And yeah. then there are some interesting circumstances that happen, like when they're little, everybody is like call Cheyenne white because she's real light skin and she's got these blue eyes and she's like. I'm a real nigga you know she's like I'm black and I'm gonna show these people how black I am because <laughs> I'm gonna whip up on their head that's how I'm gonna show <laughs> right right I mean you just you don't say certain stuff to Cheyenne because she's like we gonna thump and she don't think twice about it either she will no, rock she your world in a half second <laughs> talk about her blackness talk about her mama and you gonna throw down yeah yeah and and that actually had a muse behind it it's not about uh, a person at all that uh it's kind of drawn off of a person that i knew she was a very 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 light-skinned girl she had to always defend mm. her blackness mm. and um you know i grew up in a different time so i've i've seen a lot mm-hmm. and i've seen how the world has changed as mm-hmm. far as how young ladies deal with light skin and dark skin i'm mm-hmm. like I, I can't believe we're still dealing with it like this mm-hmm. but you know because we're so far we should be more progressed and mm-hmm. that's in my mind that's just my opinion mm-hmm. um you know but i remember her you know she was fair skinned she had the hair she and people would always and and she came from two black parents mm-hmm. so it was very difficult for her Mm-hmm. And she could not stand being called a white girl. But there were experiences that she had that she saw where she had some type of privilege. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't really say anything about that. So mm. that white girl thing, it was kind of drawn off of what I seen in her. She was a really good friend of mine. And she was she's a good person. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen her in a while because we were kids at the time. Right. But, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, we got to deal with this color issue. So I'm going to deal with it mm-hmm. in the book mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. how, you know, um, 
why are we still fighting this war amongst ourselves of mm. who we get to bring into the fold? Right. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very interesting. If, Very if, interesting. I, if I have a cousin that's light-skinned, I'm not going to hate her or love her no more than my dark-skinned cousin. Right. And, you know, neither. Of, and trust me, back in the day, you know, I might be older now but back in the day it didn't matter you know I was I'm not a light-skinned girl Mm -hmm. um some of my friends are darker skin lighter skin brown skin Mm -hmm. whatever we were biracial Mm -hmm. I mean we was all fly Mm -hmm. right right we was all fly trapping so it it, it wasn't that you know and and not to be an idiot and and not to be one of those uh, uh, women with my head in the sand. Of course, I saw some stuff, right? And I saw some things said, mm-hmm. but we was all fly. So right. I'm like, you know, the more fly, the more assorted colors, flavors. It right. don't matter. We all fly. That's <laughs> right. All of us. The whole hue. The whole rainbow. The whole, mm-hmm. the whole rainbow. Mm-hmm. We sure are. We sure. And that's just, you know that that was so interesting to me that because Cheyenne had so many. So, so many aspects. Uh, she she saw her mom and the way her mom worked men, and mm-hmm. that just kind of turned her off. So even though her cousins and her friends, they were all having sex, and they're in middle school, you know, and high school, and, and she's just like, no, I'm not about that. And, you know, when guys would try to talk to her, she just, she wasn't having it because she wasn't ready for it because she just, she saw you know, what her mother did. And she saw, you know, how these girls were just flipped out for men. And then her mother was always in her ear talking about, you know, how all men are just, you know, nothing. They're going to break your heart. She basically taught her that, you know, love is going to break your heart, period. So yes, she, she kind of put, point blank. right. So she, <laughs> she kind of put this thing in Cheyenne's head. So Cheyenne, poor Cheyenne is like already got her guard up, you know, <laughs> and, and, so, she, you know, guys just can't get next to her, but she's this drop-dead gorgeous, you know, girl with this booming system, and, you know, guys are trying to talk to her, but she's just <laughs> she's not giving anybody the time of day. You must be talking about the booty. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be polite, but yeah, the booty. She got she got the, the big old booty. Baby got back. <laughs> she got much back. And the brothers was loving it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That... And that's kind of like what, you know, what you said about uh, they were doing things in middle school. Mm-hmm. I come from that world. So okay. I'm like, you know, I wanted to be as real as possible. A mm-hmm. lot of times uh, we try to see the world in black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, the color of our skin. Right. Just one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if you know you know, none of us that grew up in that time can really say these kids these days because we were doing all kinds of stuff and mm-hmm. we witnessed all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So um, one of my friends, she actually had a child at um, 12. Oh, wow. And so her and her boyfriend, um, I think, was just a little bit older than her, but she had stayed with him. I met her when she was 22 and uh 22 or 20 24 
and she was like, you know, I have a 12-year-old. I was like, you have a 12-year-old at 24. Wow. So I kind of laughed. But she was like, you know, I've been with this dude since I was 12, you know, since I was 11 years old. And should I get rid of him? So I'm like this, you wow. know, it, it was like it's realness. You know, that's why when people approach me with certain things, I'm like, you got to look at the realness of it. Mm. You know, when we were growing up as kids, depending on what kind of upbringing you had, you experienced some things, you saw some things and you dabbled in some things. Mm. So, you know, don't get it twisted. You know, I, I, I used to um, be a minister. I used to talk to young people. I used to tell them, look, everything that y'all was y'all trying to get away with, I don't already tried to get away with it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've experienced it and I've done it. I said, the only thing about these days is that you have social media, so you can't live it down. Right. I said, so that's the only difference. You know, right. you got somebody always pressing record. So that embarrassing moment is out there for the whole world to see. Mm-hmm. Whereas you want to be able to get older and be like, I had to lie about it. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Or the only people that knew was the people that was there. So right. you don't want to address it. You know, it's, right. there ain't no evidence. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. These kids growing up in these social media days, they, they don't know how awful it is. Cause you know, we, yeah. I, I grew up in the, you know, I'm a seventies baby, grew up in the eighties, you know, was in college in the nineties and, mm-hmm. you know, there would, there was, there may have been folks with cameras like yeah. film, but there wasn't no Instagram <laughs> and all that. Yeah. Polaroids. <laughs> you get yourself messed up with a Polaroid real quick. But that's it. Wasn't but nobody, that's it. Nobody, could nobody afford a camera Mm-mm. to like be able to record Mm-mm. Mm-mm. and the camera was too big because they had to sit on your shoulder right <laughs> <laughs> and people be like what you doing with that camera hold up wait a minute get me out this get me out the shot <laughs> i'm sorry i digressed into a different that's subject. okay that's okay so we have cheyenne and she's going through all this stuff and she sees all this stuff going on and then through a series of events that y'all got to read if you want to know what's going on she ends up finally finding and meeting well her father her white father mm-hmm. finds her and yeah. brings her into the fold of his home he's got this nice home in southfield he's got a whole wife and family and then she realizes that she is a product of an affair yeah and she doesn't want to go and meet this family and stay with him because she's like i don't want to go over here and to be a whole bunch of white people and that's that was the one thing i had to stop reading i was laughing so hard because she was like if he tries to tell me i'm white i'm gonna watch roots <laughs> I'm going to wear a kente cloth. I'm going to put my hair in the afro. I'm going to show them I'm a real nigga. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. My, I had tears coming out my eyes. She was like, I'm a whole nigga. I ain't playing with none of y'all. I, I am <laughs> And then she walks up into this house. And it ain't but two or three other white people there, and everybody else is black just like her, and it just kind of blows her mind. Yeah. And she's got, you know, she's got these brothers and sisters, and they're all looking out for her. But I said all that to say that she goes through a whole lot in her life. And at the end of the book, 
she, you know, because she goes through heartbreak, she gives her virginity to this. We're going to get on him. I'm going to get you for him. But she gives her virginity to this dude. And then he cuts her off. Mm-hmm. And she knows he's a player. But even with everything she's gone through with her mom on and off of drugs and her aunt acting crazy and her being bounced around from different places, she still is grateful for it all in the end. Mm-hmm. for everything she sees it all as as she described it like it's all set up as a domino effect that kind of makes you who you are so why approach the book from this angle why have it be from this you know the, the like the title dangerously dope days because they were dangerous but she also had a lot of fun so why why come from this angle as far as dangerously dope days like you said we live very dangerously but we was dope and it was the days of our lives so, you know, it's like I, I looked, I reflected mm-hmm. at the end of the book, I kind of reflected on my own life, all the things that I've been through, good or mm-hmm. bad, everything shaped me, everything shaped me as an individual mm-hmm. person. And I think mm-hmm. it does it for everybody. Either you uh, put up your, you, you know, you put up your dupes and fight through it if you've been through a lot either Mm -hmm. you know if you were born with a silver spoon you're going to act accordingly you know and and do things accordingly you know Mm -hmm. if you weren't born with a silver spoon or even if you were born in middle class there are certain things that just shape us even if they're events that throw us off they shape us Mm -hmm. really you know they they give us the mold that we Mm -hmm. have starting from when we're children So I looked at it and I'm like, you know, either she can be Mm -hmm. mad or she can carry it as this these are the days of our lives because all of us are still living on our days. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, you know, and when we Mm -hmm. grew up, you said you went to the to college in the 90s. You know, I I was in high school in the 90s. So, you know, I know for a fact college was dope in the 90s, you know. Oh yeah, because exactly. we had a, we had a different so world was, was going on, that and was so the thing. I wanted to yeah. bring nostalgia mm-hmm. of that time, and and plus it was a beautiful thing to be black, you know. When you, even though we had our share, mm-hmm. and and trust me, I had my share of dealing with racism and dealing with foolish stuff with foolish people, but it was a mm-hmm. dope time to be black with all mm-hmm. of the shows that we had on. You know, and we had every beautiful Mm -hmm. woman uh, represented, no matter what shade she was, you know, from Nia Long to Halle Berry, you know, Mm -hmm. it just, it just didn't matter. It was Mm -hmm. like, we was fly. So that was part of it. And Mm -hmm. when when I approached it from that angle, because she could either get mad at what happened at the end and carry that weight or she could say, mm-hmm. these are the days of my lives, my my life. You know, it's, it shaped mm-hmm. me. It got me into mm-hmm. this. You know, now I have this father. Now I have these brothers. Now I have, you know, and it's still going on. You know, and that's the thing. It still continues beyond mm-hmm. that. They're still happening. Mama's still crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I- out on the on the dance floor at the wedding in her pink dress doing splits out on the floor i was like 
Like, oh my God, I was just, I was at a seat at a table on the side, like shaking my head. Oh my God, this ratchet woman is on the dance floor. Doing splits in front of Cheyenne's boyfriend. I was like, like you trying to mack her man or what? I mean, what is going on here? What are we doing? She's just being mama. Yes. Let me tell you, mama had me. You know, I wanted to slap her because she was so irresponsible. But then she up there telling her daughter not to have a boyfriend. But then she up there telling her how to ride him so that, you know, he won't ever want to leave her so that she could get her rent paid. Like That's the oxymoron of mama. But I always tell people (laughs) when they ask me about mom, when they ask me about the mother, I always say that. Mm -hmm but her mother loved her. So I threw, I throw a monkey wrench in it and they're like, I did get Mm -hmm. that from her mother that she did actually love her. And I said, she did. Mm -hmm. I said, and the thing about it is that, you know, to be continued, we don't know mama's story. So maybe she's been shaped in a particular certain way that, she feels Mm -hmm. you know and uh uh, one personal thing my mother when she read the book she cracked up uh at mama explaining the men you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know you got the one that's messed up so he want to mess up all the women (laughs) right yeah she dropped the science on the men i i will give her that yes she she was trying to teach her daughter at the same time without um with the experiences that she had so and sometimes mm-hmm. you can only teach your kids what it is that you've actually been through some pe- some people approach it from that mm-hmm. i've never approached my parenting from that with what i've been through because i've always mm-hmm. gave people mm-hmm. the benefit of the doubt but you know some people mm-hmm. they ain't giving people the benefit of the doubt so it, you know their their bridge has yeah. been blown up it hasn't been burned. It's been blown up, and they're mm-hmm. not going to at all, <laughs> at all, mm-hmm. give it another chance. So she, yeah. she kind of looked at me and, Mm-mm. you know, you play me, I play you first. You know, so right. Uh, yep, they were. Yeah. they was a paycheck. They was a way yeah. to get her I rent mean, paid. That was her. Mm-hmm. That was how she dealt with it. <laughs> See now, I need you to write a second book that's 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 like a prequel and goes back and shows <laughs> which why Shy's mama is the way she is. I need it. It's a lot of things in the works with me. I just work too doggone hard, you know. With you know, because you got to earn a paycheck while you're trying to hustle. So you know, right? Sometimes I'm just, you know, I'm in the writing mood. You know, I've been working on my second book for a while. Um, but it's, okay. it's a second book that is about the experiences of Vanessa with this whole thing. So it's mm. going back to her. I didn't want to go back to mama yet because I wanted to get the wife okay. perspective. Yeah. Cause Vanessa, I had mad respect for her because even though she knew that shy was a product of an affair that she had, she, you know, I mm-hmm. won't reveal that one secret cause I want people to 
figure it out, see it, experience it the way I did. But she accepted Shy into her home and didn't treat her any differently, didn't didn't have any animosity towards her. She just accepted her into the fold and loved her like she loved yes. her other kids. And I, I really had yes. mad respect yes. for her. For and that. I've seen really women did. do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. the thing. That's where that came from. I've seen women go through mm-hmm. that and do that. And basically, well, I haven't seen anybody my age do it. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> but the older women, uh, um, I would say my grandmother, today's her birthday. She's she's Aww. deceased, but happy birthday, Grandma. Oh, um, happy birthday, Grandma. <laughs> in heaven. She's a Virgo like me. Hey. <laughs> oh, yo, Vir- <laughs> the, oh, them Virgos. I have a story yes. with them Virgos. But- them Virgos. <laughs> Virgos are the best. I'm a Capricorn. Virgos we are. have so much personality. I we mean, do. you can't even, you can't put it in nothing. You can't put Mm-mm. it in a glass jar. You can't put nope. it, even put it outside. It's so much personality nope. in a Virgo. We are. <laughs> we we so us. That's you just got to deal with And it. y'all bring out the best in people. That's what I love about a Vir- Virgo. You can have an introvert and they sit next to a Virgo and that introvert yep. will totally be talking. Mm-hmm. In a matter of five minutes, because that Virgo is um, it out of them. I'm known for it. Be having people talking. They're like, "How you get what, Audra? You what you doing over here?" I'm like, "Listen, I'm just talking. We having a good time. What's the problem?" <laughs> <laughs> but one thing about Vanessa, I'm sorry. Back to Vanessa. She, um, mm-hmm. she was one of my favorite characters to write about. Um, okay, because she was the, you know, this is back in the '90s. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, she's a woman and she's a woman who's been through this experience with her man and Mm -hmm. she, you know, like you said, she basically, uh, welcomed Cheyenne with open arms, Mm -hmm. you know, understanding that, you know, I still, you know, got a bone to pick with my man, but she, Mm -hmm. you know, she realized it wasn't the little lady's fault. Right. So... And I've seen uh, probably more than my fair share of women that were my uh, grandmother's age or close to her age mm-hmm. that have done that for mm-hmm. children um, mm-hmm. that were outside of the the you know the marriage and mm-hmm. taken them and have loved them and didn't treat them any more differently and even introduced them as you know their son or their daughter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've, I've seen that. I don't think we're doing stuff like that today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and as I wouldn't blame as anybody. I, I wouldn't blame As far anybody. as I can take it is I'm, I'm a stepmom. I've, I've raised my son since he exactly. was two. Exactly. But I don't call him my stepson. I just call him my son. Yeah. But that's as far as I go. I don't know if I could be like Vanessa. I, <laughs> I don't know if I could. Nah, chief, you come up in here and tell me I got a, you got a kid with somebody else and it's the, the child's the same age as one of our children. <laughs> nah, chief. We got, we, <laughs> nah, man, we got to, we got to, this is, this is, we call well, it quits. Yeah, man, I, mm-mm, 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 I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. Uh, my dad has, you know, he's got two half sisters and a half brother. And, you know, it's just like, 
you know, and he's tight with them. Like they, you know, they all tight. Yeah. They grew up together. I'm like, okay, well, all right. Yeah. If I had a when he tells me to have sister, I, I I would love him. That you know, they're my brother, they're my sister. You know, it's a different dynamic when you a woman and you know, or a man, and your spouse has a baby with somebody else while y'all mm. married and while y'all together. Yeah, that's a whole mm. different ball. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't know. But Vanessa, I don't know. She did. That's. Next, I don't want. I don't want to spoil the book. She she fly. She's fly. I love Vanessa. So since you say she's your favorite character, who is your least favorite character in the well, book? Because I know who mine she's is. One of my favorite characters. My favorite, favorite character is Mike. Um yes. yeah. I like that Mike. is my favorite character. I uh, I Vanessa is my favorite character from a woman's perspective mm-hmm. of how she dealt with the situation. Mm-hmm. Um Mike is my favorite character because he's everything that i wanted a man to be in my life Mm, mm, i mm -hmm. uh fashioned him i didn't want him to be that nigga you know right i wanted him to be i've met so many uh black men who are stand up who love their children Mm -hmm. who love their wives Mm -hmm. and they get called simps you know right i am calling him he a simp for auntie, mm-hmm. you know, and he, mm-hmm. he was kind of a simp for auntie, but he loved her, you know, mm-hmm. and he got a bad rap of being a simp, but he was, um, he was that guy, you know, and right. I kind of fashioned him off of, uh, I have brothers who are, uh, stand up guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm, I'm tired of black men being portrayed. Now, some of the other black men in the book were something else. Cause you know, everybody has their own personality right and I wanted to make it as realistic as possible right but Mike was that guy that I had always met in Michigan and in different places who was just that stand-up guy he he went into nothing mm-hmm. bad all he worked took care of his family and that was it <laughs> you know you wasn't gonna play with him but he could he could he could be that dude too though. Like you don't want you don't want to cross him. You don't want to cross him. He could be Mm-mm. that dude too. You don't want you don't want to cross him. But he he was very mm-hmm. protective over his property, over his children, over Cheyenne. You know, he was very much that guy that was like, okay, I see mm-hmm. that you ain't got no guidance. I'm gonna give you guidance without wanting anything from you. Because I think today we're, yeah, I hate to say it, but I'll say Mm -hmm. it on this platform. I think in today's world, there's almost a push to make men into some type of predatory gender. And I'm like, not all these men are predatory. I say, of course you got some predators, but not everybody in they, not everybody in their daddy is a predator. Some of these men are very, very good. They've been Mm -hmm. very good to their children. They've been very good to their Mm -hmm. wives. Mm-hmm. And, and or girlfriends and they don't act like that so you know painting a picture of a man that's there that don't want anything mm-hmm. from Cheyenne but for her to just be a good girl you know that that was written from my from my heart you know so favorite character. and yet Mike has the story too yeah because 
his daughter died from cancer and his ex-wife wouldn't let him see her mm-hmm. nothing and was getting her banned from the funeral so there's a whole back so you have all these hints of all these backstories i'm like wait a minute i need this to be a series because yeah, the good dude i need to know what's going on the good dude a lot of times when he has children uh, you know he gets made out to be the bad guy and mm-hmm. you know he was really trying you know and i've seen mm-hmm. that too a dude that's really mm-hmm. trying he's trying to see his kids he's paying his child support and He's doing what it is that he, you know, is asked of him to do, including trying to love his children. And Mm -hmm. the woman is like, I don't care. Is really trifling. Is trifling. And then at Mm -hmm. the same time, uh, gets to tell her story, her side of the story. So when she tells her side of the story, everybody's hating him. And they don't even know what he's been through. But that, Mm -hmm. I wanted to speak to, um, that that's one of my favorite chapters tomorrow because I can include mm-hmm. it, included the whinings. I was trying to get some people to to understand that right. uh, men hurt too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because, you know, I do see a lot of men, you know, uh, coming from the aspect of my husband, you know, has an ex-wife who truly people are like you just saying that because you, you know, you the you know, she's, she's your husband's ex. I'm like, no, no, she's really evil. Like she, she's truly evil. And there are just, we've, we saw so much, Mm -hmm. you know, having to deal with the custody situation. And there are a lot of women out there who are, who are, who are very, very vindictive and just nasty and use their kids as pawns. But we don't talk about that because society always sees it as it's the father who's messing up. Yeah. But there's a whole nother side to that where, like you said, there are a lot of more good than bad black fathers out here trying to do the right thing, trying to see their kids, exactly. trying to have their kids. And the women are angry because they've moved on Yes, and are just like, I'm going to take I'm going to use the one thing I have left to control you to control you. And they don't exactly. realize they're hurting these kids in the process, you know? Yeah. And turning the kids against the, uh, you know, telling all these stories to the kids, you know, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> but it really he, is. He's my favorite character. And so who's your least? My least favorite character. <laughs> and he's the ancillary character. That mm-hmm. was Louis. Louis. Really? Yeah, I can see that. Uh, the, the reason why he was my least favorite character was because of his shallowness. Mm-hmm. I kind of wrote him. I wrote him from a perspective of he's one of them shallow niggas. Mm-hmm. So you know, and he's on his way. You know, right. He's, right? he's a basketball player. He's on his way, so he doesn't have a sense of reality. So I put him in there, and then I kind of pulled him. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people would think that my least favorite character would be last. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not he's not my least favorite character and uh i'll tell you a funny thing my sister she read the book she couldn't stand um <laughs> she couldn't stand shy's best best friend she couldn't stand she was lamisha like, lamisha is way too high strung <laughs> i said lamisha yeah. is that girl that just wanted to be perfect she was a good girl Mm-hmm. I said, so you hating on the good girl? She was like, no, she was just too high strung in what she was doing. <laughs> yeah. I said, I like Lamisha. Yeah. I like Lamisha. 
I like Lamisha because because I'm Lamisha. I was. <laughs> I was about to say that. I was like, she's a Lamisha. I I am. From reading your bio and everything that you, the wonderful things that you have done and accomplished, I'm like, this woman is Lamisha all the way. She was like, I'm not stopping. Mm -hmm. If you get in my way, you getting run over. This is what I want to do. After yeah. high school is this. After middle school is this. After college is this. And then this. And then this. I really don't need you read me like that right now. I'm okay. <laughs> Uh, Type A personality. <laughs> yes, very much so. And, you know, my parents were very protective. My dad was overprotective. And yes. so, you know, I was a very sheltered child. Wasn't a lot. That's why when I saw all this stuff going on with them, you know, um, in, in middle school and stuff, I'm like, shit, in middle school, I was still, like, playing with Barbie dolls on the low. Like, yeah. What the hell? They, you know, mm -hmm. and, and my Cabbage Patch doll. And I was kind of plain in junior high, so I didn't really, you know, guys. Well, first of all, I was in a, a junior high school. That was when it was called junior high. It wasn't called middle school. And it was seventh yeah. to ninth grade. And I was one of seven black people in a student body of a thousand. So oh, okay. There, yeah, so there just weren't, the, the black guys that were there, they were into the white girls because the yeah. white girls were the ones that were like, you know, they were giving it up. They were doing who knows whatever, you know, and I'm just like, okay, uh, you know, y'all do your thing. And I was kind of plain. And so I didn't really, I didn't really start getting into like, yeah, I blossomed, I guess you could say, probably my senior year of high school yeah but it, yeah. you know I just I saw a lot of girls that um especially a lot of black girls who got pregnant in high school never finished got pregnant in college dropped out never finished and I just didn't want that so I was that yeah. girl that was like I'm not having sex until I get married because and everyone's like oh you're a goody two-shoes I'm like don't have nothing to do with that I just have seen too much <laughs> and I I'm so I'm kind of like Cheyenne in a way in my mentality because <laughs> I'm like I don't so, want that stuff so happening to me. you were Lamisha. Oh, my I, God. I, yeah, I was Lamisha. So, <laughs> so how did you take reading about her as a, how did you take it? Like, you oh, know, my goodness. First of all, this is my interview. I'm interviewing you. Don't be asking me no questions. Because then you put me on the spot. <laughs> I won't. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> but I was just like, mm, I was I was feeling some kind of way about Lamisha. I was like, you know what? Lamisha is cool. And I, you know, I could see people probably hating on her because she's high strung, but she's not high strung. She's focused. Focused. This is the yes, word we use. She's she is focused. focused. Mm-hmm. Cause she, she just focused. She just yeah. she doesn't want to see anything happen to her that happened to other people. So but I, yeah, yeah, I was in my feelings a little bit when I was reading about Lamisha. I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 you know, what they say, my husband's father had a saying where he said, you know, you throw a rock into a pack of dogs and the only one that yelps is the one that got hit. So I was yelping. I was like, oh, okay, I see myself in Lamisha here. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and Lamisha's a good girl. She's, she's, she's a, a good, good girl. girl. She's a good girl, but she's also kind of boring, and that's why I was just like, "Yeah, she's yeah. boring." I'm yeah. kind of boring. That's why I was in my feelings. I was like, "Am I boring?" Yeah, maybe I'm boring. You know, I asked my husband. He's like, "Yeah, you're boring," but you know, I love you for it. I was like, "Wow, okay." 
we moving yeah, on. People want to be entertained, you know, yeah. and you know, it's you every moment in our lives, that's why it's called dangerously dope days, because mm-hmm. not every moment in our lives is a wild moment. We right. have those wild moments that could be on any talk show, but mm-hmm. we also have those moments like I'm sitting here talking to you and mm-hmm. I've just gotten off of work. You know, that was a big chunk working was a big chunk of my life that nobody really wants to see then interested in but it was a part of my day right you know so there's there were moments skipped in Cheyenne's life you know Mm because that's why I went from here to here because she probably was just enjoying being who she was Mm -hmm. you know and there wasn't drama going on at that time right Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I, my next question is, why did you never reveal what Cheyenne's biological dad did for a living? Um, protect the innocent. <laughs> okay. So we her, got her biological dad. I wanted him to be a mystery. I wanted okay. him to be a mystery because he is one. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of just, you know, it, you wouldn't expect these things. I, I had a white friend who read the book mm-hmm. and she totally, she got who her father was, but she didn't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. I'm like, her father is who her father is, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a product of Detroit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, I said men, Midwest men are cut from a different cloth. They really that doesn't are. mean that that is not in any way putting down men from other mm-hmm. areas. But you and no, I mid- both know that Midwest men are cut mm-hmm. from a different cloth. Yes, it don't are. matter what color they are. They mm-hmm. cut from a different cloth. Mm-hmm. They different. They are whole. They are different. Mm-hmm. Very different. Lord have mercy. They different. Oh my goodness. They are different, and it mm-hmm. does not matter. So you know it. It you know she's from California, so she's looking at it from a California girl perspective. And mm-hmm. I'm like, if you were in the Midwest, you would know why he is who he is. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to leave a mystery to her father because the story wasn't about him. It would have led into something else. Okay. And I didn't want it to lead into anything else. I had to, I had to subdue his character Mm -hmm. and throw snippets out there. Plus, you know, it's her father is a mystery even to her. Right. So she, she's more like, you know, I, I don't really understand this father that I have. Mm -hmm. Why is he who he is? who he is but she learns at the end that you know he just is <laughs> right like that's you just this is my daddy i don't yeah. ask questions like she even said that you know i just don't even ask questions anymore no you just don't she... ask the questions no more you're not gonna get the answers right you know it's it you know some people want to keep themselves a mystery mm. and even parents want to do that they don't want you to know everything they did back right when they was growing up because they need to be able to tell you not to do it mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. one of their friends walk in the house and say remember when we did that yeah, yes <laughs> yes 
my husband, I, my husband, and I joke about that all the time because my dad, growing up, was so strict on me. He was just like, "You don't need to have sex with nobody because you know what happens when you have sex? You get pregnant first time you do it. That's it. Done." That's what he said. To me. <laughs> you know, and I was just like, "Really?" And my mom is the nurse. She was like, "No, not really. This is what <laughs> happens." You know, she explains the whole thing to me, and then he didn't want me to take the sex ed class in in uh, seventh grade and my mom was like she's gonna take it because she needs to know about her body but every time I when I was finally allowed to date when I was 17 it's like every guy you know he would grill them and just give them these looks he brought his shotgun down into the living room <laughs> was cleaning it when the man came to pick me I mean this my my father was extra did you hear me extra and I was like was good daddy I be looking at him like what the hell did you do growing up Cause you a little too strict on me, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. I, I, I have people and people that I know that are like that. They did so much growing up mm-hmm. that they are so paranoid of their children going out the house. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, you can't put that on them. That was your life, right? That's what you did. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that they're gonna do it, and they mm-hmm. probably will. Cause you saying you trying to keep them from it so much, they probably gonna go ahead and do it. Right, right. <laughs> like every, everybody when I left for college, because I went to community college for two years and then I left and went to Hampton and everybody was telling my dad, your daughter going to Kirk out when she go down there because you've been so strict on her and now she ain't got <laughs> nobody around and she going to go down there and go buck wild. But he, <laughs> he had done such a number Hampton of Hampton University, my, yes. my sister would love this interview after she oh. hears it. She'd be like, Hampton. She went to Hampton. Hey, the HIU baby, the home by the sea. <laughs> yeah, we a special breed. I saw somebody today oh, in Hampton yes. with Hampton plates when I went to go pick my son up from work, and I beeped the horn and shouted out to him. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, we we got the Hampton love. But yeah, you know, everybody's like she's going to Kirk out, and I didn't because I was just too scared that something was going to happen. So I just, you know, I stayed on the straight and narrow. I went to a few parties here and there, but you know, I was I, like I said, I'm Lamisha. I'm boring. Yeah, I strung. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. <laughs> so now we're gonna talk about Laz. Oh Lord. Yeah. Oh, oh Lord is right. Cause I don't like you for him. Why? No, because first of all, I'm side-eyeing him because he was a player. I don't understand. Uh, yeah, you understand what the hell I'm saying. He was a player. He was a dog. And then I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, you know, she's the one. She's the one that's going to make him not be a dog. And, you know, he really loves her. And then he took her virginity and then dogged her out. Sis. <laughs> And then, in the end, she ends up back with him. And I don't like him. I don't trust him. Because once you cheat, you always a cheater. Once you a dog like that, you a player like that, you always a player. So why? Now, you see, I'm going to correct you because Laz didn't actually cheat. Laz was never her man. Okay, but he was a dog. Until the end. He took the draws. <laughs> Nefariously. <laughs> He nefariously <laughs> took the draws. Don't go there with me. The brother right, was, Ford. Listen, he was a draws 
stealer would get tell the girls what they want to hear and then be like, oh, I never said anything. No, but you sweet talked them out of the drawers because you know women are emotional creatures and you <laughs> knew that Shy liked you like that and she gave you the buku eyes and she's all in a vulnerable space. You stole the drawers. He's a panty thief. <laughs> You know what the funny thing about Laz is that most of the women, except for, that's why I'm saying that my, my sister's a Leo. I don't know if Leos and Virgos bump heads or, or they on the same page, but my sister's a Leo and she couldn't stand Laz either. Mm-mm. Every woman that I talked to, uh, besides her, liked Laz. They said that Laz kept it real. Mm-hmm. Laz never told, he never lied to her, which he said. Mm-hmm. He said, I never lied to you. I never mm-hmm. lied. I told you the truth. I told you that, you know, you're the one who who, who took this into a different headspace. Now, I'm going to call you out because did he really, though? He didn't say nothing. He didn't tell her, look, before I hit this, this is just <laughs> me hitting it. He did not say those words. Which no. was how Cheyenne Sonya. felt. That's why Cheyenne felt jilted. Uh-huh. Rightly so. Because of the fact that she thought that they was better than that. And then she found out that she wasn't. That they weren't better than that. But, you know, that it, it, explaining Laz, Laz has a muse behind him. <laughs> no. I won't say who that muse is. But Laz has a muse behind him. Laz is that guy that her mother actually told her about, you know, because if you listen to Laz's words, Laz, there's a part, you know, I'm telling part of the book. There's a part in the book where Laz says women don't want a good man. Mm-hmm. They they fall in love with the nigga they can't control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she fell, she fell in love with the dude that she couldn't control. Laz was Laz. Laz was Laz in front of her face, behind her face. You know, even Laz, with Friday, Laz that chapter. was a buster. Laz knew what he was doing. He knew she was in a vulnerable spot. He knew how much she liked. They vibe. They had a friend. They had a friendship. That's why Laz they had a real friendship. Too much. Laz sounds like lies. Cause that's what he is. He's all lies. That's that's I. You well, can't. You know, her sister tried to warn her. She didn't listen. So you know, mm. it just is what it is. That's but, why I like know, every time. Is... Every time Milan started with him, I was like, "Get him! Get him, Milan! Go! There he is! There he is! Go get him! Go get him! Start some stuff!" I was cheering Milan on, even though I couldn't stand her. I was like, you know, "There he goes! Get him!" When they were in the movie theater, she was like, "Is that Larry?" I was Milan like. Either? I didn't like her. No, 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 I didn't like her. She had some redeeming qualities, but she got on my damn nerves, too, because she was so damn everything about her making the grand entrance and, you know, hair all slide. I, Get out my face. I weren't seeing her, no. But I was for real yelling in the book when she was when they were at the movie theater after Laz had broken Shy's heart. And Milan was like, isn't that Laz over there? I literally yelled. Out. I was like, yep, sure is. Go get him. <laughs> Go over there and mess with him. Yes. I don't like Laz, and I don't like how you had them together at the end. Nope, 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 nope. I had them together at at the end because that's the realisticness of the book. Mm -mm. Because sometimes females end up with that guy. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and she had a, a she had a soft spot for Laz. Laz mm-hmm. was the guy that she saw. She was he was the guy that she wanted. She had a friendship with him. And she was the guy he was the guy that she ended up with in the end, you know, I guess she felt, you know, well, I wrote it. <laughs> she felt that she had his heart. You know, I thought that it would, I knew that it would throw throw people for a loop. I knew it would make some people upset. But -hmm. like I said, I had to keep with the realness of the book. The realness is that sometimes young ladies look past all that. He's loving me now, Mm -mm. you know, so he has claimed me. Remember, Milan was like, he don't claim nobody. Mm -hmm. So he has claimed me. That is a step. This is my girl. He's claiming me. So, you know, that showed the difference in the end in last that, you know, he claiming her now. <laughs> I'm still side-eyeing him. You ain't claiming no. Because in real life, me, my Lamisha ass would be like, nah, bro, I'm good. We, I, I can't even mess with you no more. You broke my heart. I'm uh, kick me once, shame on me. Kick me twice. Nah, I Maude ain't got to kick me but once. She said Mm -hmm. it. She had that, what's it call it? She had that that kind of, you know, side eye with Laz, you know. Mm -hmm. But, you know, her heart was into him. She loved him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it, you know, when love plays its part, you know, love, uh, what's that song by Babyface and Pebbles? Love makes things happen. Mm-mm. And that's what it was, you know. Love makes things happen. They that much love in the world for me. It, I mean, it really isn't, but she felt that way. She mm-hmm. felt that way about him, and in the end, she got him. <laughs> yeah, you hear the silence over here, the pregnant pause, because I'm side eyeing <laughs> the hell out of you right now. Like, no, nah. I ain't buying. Now, it. what I'm gonna do. Is I'm a I'm a what's call it I'm a uh, do a sidebar because you know oh. we uh we roll with books by Janie shout out to her all right <laughs> she she couldn't stand the fact that I cut off hurt <laughs> see and I cut off hurt because like I said that's the realness of the story some people you see one day some people you don't see the next mm-hmm. so you know with cutting him off it was. You know, he's gone now, you know, mm-hmm. and just like her sister was gone, she's gone now. You know, it, it, it just is what it is. You know, some people we meet again, some people we don't, you know, yeah, even you, if they're you, a, a good part of our lives, a good chunk of our lives. Yeah, you did kind of, so, you know, you did kind of throw Herc away. That was, you know, he was a good dude. So that's kind of, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, it hurt some people, but. You know, it it just is what it is. Herc was gone. Mm-hmm. He couldn't deal with mama. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 with Janae on that one. You you ain't had to get rid of Herc like that, girl. Mm-mm. <laughs> so see, Laz, Laz is who you needed to get rid of. That's who needed to go. You needed to get rid of Laz. Herc. I didn't want to get rid of Laz. I didn't want to get rid of Laz because Laz is first love. First love. Laz can kick. They kind of stick around for a while. Nah, Laz can (laughs) kick rocks. I I ain't thinking about Laz right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done with Laz. 
I'm done with him. Done. I I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you don't, because you're over there laughing. You you like no, I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing because a lot of the women that I did talk to uh, after reading the book, they uh, a lot of them really like last. They said he kept it real. You know, and they said that, and most of them said that they had that that experience before. But you know, he never told you that he was going to be your boyfriend. He never told you, so it was kind of like one of those life experiences that I was putting into the book that he was right. He never told you that he was going to be your boyfriend. He never told you that he was in love with you. Never not said it either. fooling me with this one no you can't hold people by what they don't say uh-uh no no he knew i told you panty thief he's a draws <laughs> stealer he manipulates the draws that's no Mm-mm. i'm not dealing with it i don't no. see it that way i don't mm-hmm. see him as manipulating her i see him as being a person that kept it real and no. that, you know, that's why I wrote him from that perspective, that he was that guy that said, look, uh, we friends, you know, or whatever he didn't say. He didn't say that, you know, we friends and we this and we that. But she knew what kind of dude Laz was. She okay. had enough experience with Laz and seeing Laz and how he rolled. But she thought that she was different. So that was kind of the lesson I was trying to teach in my book because like mm-hmm. I said I always try to minister to people when I write something it's like your mind took you somewhere where you never were mm-hmm. <laughs> you still ain't feeling it nope okay. I'm rolling my eyes nope 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 <laughs> nope nope exhibit A when she came to his house he knew she was upset. Yeah. He told her, he befriended her and said, you don't have to act tough with me. If you got to let it out, let it out. That is what a friend does. And he was her friend. And then <laughs> G, exhibit B, was like, can you stay with me for a while? He said, oh, okay, I will stay with you. She gives him the Google eyes. Exhibit C. He knows how she feels because this has been a four-year thing where she was not <laughs> like the other chicks, okay? She didn't just give yeah. it up. He knew she no, was different. She didn't. He said she was different. He said that's why he liked her. He yelled at her when she was getting high and drunk. It was like, that's not you. So he was pulling her in with the words. To get the end result, which exhibit D, when he went into the, the bathroom and took the towel and brought it back out, he is a draws <laughs> manipulator. Do not try to tell me that brother was like, oh, she is in distress. I'm going to say some things she needs to hear and make her think that I'm really her friend and that I really care about her feelings. And then I'm going to screw her and then I'm going to leave her. No. Laz is a buster. I'm but no. Her father told her he got attached. Mm. Couldn't take it. 
I'm not buying it. We're going to move on, Sonia. We're going to move on because I'm not even feeling this bad right now. No. <laughs> nope. 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 So. <laughs> I can't. I can't. So what writing projects do you have on tap right now? Well, um, I'm specifically, because I work a lot, so I specifically am writing about uh, Vanessa's point of view. It's kind of a prequel, you know, that runs into Dangerously Dope Days. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what I am doing um, right now. Um, Just um, this book was written in 2018. So that's okay. how much I work. I I try to do it, try writing in my spare time mm-hmm. when I'm not spent from work. So mm. a lot of people have been looking for a different book from me, but I'm like, you know, you, you don't understand. <laughs> I'm all over the place, you know, and I'm trying to, trying to write as I get a chance to write. But the second book is coming from Vanessa's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hate to spoil it for people, but, you know, it's about her experiences being married to this man, this mm-hmm. man who is a mystery mm-hmm. and how everything unfolded. Because, okay. you know, Sheila's, Sheila's something else, <laughs> you know, and how it unfolded and how she took it. And, you know, I don't, we're not going to give away the secrets, but. Mm-hmm. how she handled everything mm-hmm. you know and those missing pieces you know her perspective about the party her perspective about her daughter mm-hmm. who's a mess mm. um her perspective about her husband her perspective about Cheyenne's mother okay <laughs> yeah and yeah. why she is um you know her going into this and how she feels. So -hmm. this is my, when I said that, you know, I wrote this for, you know, this is a teen book, but it's from the nineties. This Mm -hmm. is my adult book Mm -hmm. of going into, okay, this is how the adults felt about this whole situation, Mm -hmm. you know, and how all of this came to be from her, her perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, So that's what, and that's really the only project I have on the table besides my YouTube channel. I haven't even posted on that for a while, but that was a book that, you know, I was going to pen, but I said, maybe it's better for me to talk this one, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. maybe it's better for me to talk to people about being happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We got a lot of miserable people out there, especially with stuff that's going on right now. Right. So I'm exactly. like, you know, you got to learn how to handle this. This is just my opinion. You got to learn how to handle being a, a black woman, a black girl. And mm-hmm. when somebody says your hair is too nappy, mm-hmm. you got to learn how to take it in stride. So what? You don't like my weave. <laughs> right. You, know, you didn't right. buy it. You know, exactly. uh, if you think I'm too dark skinned for you, then I'm just too dark skinned for you. If you think I'm right. too light skinned for you, I'm just too light skinned for you. All of this arguing and going back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. don't do anything but cause our blood pressure to go up. And you don't need to give narcissistic people that time of day. Right. 
because it feeds them. You know, Mm -hmm. it feeds their giant, their monster that's in them. And you are their supply when you're constantly responding to the foolishness that they put out. So that's basically, you know, what I'm, you know, have on the table right now. So Mm -hmm. still trying to hustle this book. (laughs) I'm going to need you to hustle a little harder. I might have to slide into your DMs and be like, how that book coming? And keep you motivated, because I need to read Vanessa's story. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to re. I'm trying to revamp everything. But like I said, I work a lot, so you know, my life is my life. Right. You know, uh, Cheyenne was a passion project. Okay. She's been there well, since I was 16, and I finally said, you know what, you need to just go ahead and write this. Right. <laughs> right. And you can, you can re- revamp everybody except Laz. You can leave him out. <laughs> <laughs> that brother don't need now, to I'm come gonna back. I'm going to ask you a question. What? I'm going to ask you a question because I always ask my readers a question. Mm-hmm. So this is you in the hot seat with me. Okay. Even though I'm on your Right. Go ahead, though. It's, it's cool. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm taking over. Take over. For two minutes. <laughs> How'd you like the secretaries? They were my some of my favorite parts in the book. It's a weird question to ask people because they're like the secretaries. Yeah, but... They were such a small part of the book. You mean the, the ones at the school that ended up with busting? The, sweat. With the, <laughs> the ones that busted on on <laughs> on um on uh, Sheila were like or or what's what's her Marsha's name Marsha her aunt that busted on her and were like you ain't her mama you ain't Sheila yeah <laughs> you mean them yeah <laughs> I mean them and their keep sweat fetish <laughs> yeah <sighs> see that's probably why I kind of blocked them from my memory because keep sweat was that damn album was all through the 80s and I was just like you know what if I hear one more Keith Sweat song like every station was Keith Sweat Keith Sweat Keith Sweat make it last that's why I asked that question You know, and that's the thing why is, I asked that question. at the time I I mean I ain't gonna lie I had the album okay because you know <laughs> It was a good album, but then after a while, it was like, does he have to play on every radio station, like, all day long? Can I not hear some Keith Sweat, please, for a little while? <laughs> to the point where, like, now it's like, he's like corned beef hash for me. My dad used to make corned beef hash when my mom would have to work a late shift as a nurse. We had so much corned beef hash to this day. I do not allow it in my house. When I see it in the store, I will gag. Like, I think I, I ate corned beef hash one time and was <sighs> like, no more corned beef hash. <laughs> my dad, that was his, and he would like spread it out on a plate and squeeze ketchup on it. It was like, it's good. Eat it. That's dinner. And I had corned beef hash for dinner so many nights. <laughs> and Keith Sweat is like corned beef hash. I hear oh, it like, uh, on XM radio and I'm just like, cut. Nope. Next channel. No more. (laughs) Okay, so moving on from the secretaries. (laughs) What did you think of Milan? In depth. Because she was one of the main characters. 
you know, Milan is, I don't know. I don't know what to do with her. I mean, I guess the girl, you know, her, her outfits and her hair was always cold, as, as Shia said. They was cold. She was, the girl's hair was laid because her mom was a hairdresser, obviously. So, you know, but she, uh, I mean, oh God, I don't even know what to do with her because, like, there are parts of her that, like, she's she's a narcissist. I mean, that's just, she just is. I, I, I just, not extreme, but the, the narcissism thing is there. Like, she's got to be the center of attention all the time. That got on my nerves. She didn't, you know, I, I almost feel like she was jealous of Shy because, prior to shy coming along like she was the queen bee and then here comes this other pretty girl you know and i think i think she has some kind of hidden resentments there and that's why she started all that mess between um shy and um las lies (laughs) (laughs) you know but then she has like this one redeeming quality because when you know, she figured out that Laz had done the same thing to her sister that he did to her. You know, they kind of talked and they bonded. So she, they, they, you know, she kind of grew a little bit and, you know, but, but if I had to, like, if she was my sister and I had to, she was always getting in some shit. Like she was always getting, <laughs> she was always getting was shy me. in trouble. Yeah. All the time. Like, I could not trust her. If that was me going, I'm like, no, I ain't going nowhere with you. Because every time I go somewhere with you, we get in a fight. Or something crazy happens. And you be getting me in situations. They like Lucy and Ethel. And, and Milan is Lucy. She's just always getting them in some stuff that, you know, Shy got to pull them out of. No. Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, sitting here thinking about it. Nah, she has a couple of redeeming qualities. But nah, Milan's on my list. And her, her and Laz both can just go. Now you told me what you thought of Mama, but mm-hmm. Auntie and Death, because Auntie was that character that I kind of wrote that was in between. She she was something else, but she loved her her niece, and she really wanted to see her niece live and be happy, while at the same time being kind of cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, you know, I, I can't trust, I wouldn't trust Auntie either. I, she, I'd be like, hey, Auntie, what's up? Every time I see her, give her a pound. But, you know, that's as far as it goes. Like, good to see you. I got to go. I'm, you know, I'm out. I just, I can't. I don't trust her. I don't trust her. Because her and her sister, they both just, you know, they, they schemers. They just, nah. I can't, I can't. It's you know, funny, it's it's just funny because I get from different people, it's like, oh, auntie, I, I, I wanted people to hate her right up until the end. And a lot I, of people did. I a did. lot of people couldn't stand her right up until the end. They were like, oh. <laughs> no, even at the end, I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, okay, but no, no. Jamie said the same thing. Yeah, no. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Cause she was like, I-, I don't care. Yeah, no. Yeah, me and her on the same page. Not. Nope. 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 <laughs> Ain't feeling it. Her, Laz, 
the, the both the sisters, the lads, they can and Milan, they can all just go on. <laughs> you can leave them out the book. <laughs> I'm I'm good. I had enough. I had enough. <laughs> I, I just wanted I really just wanted people to connect to the characters. I'm pretty sure there's people in everybody's life that they know that have some traits like that. Mm-hmm. No matter what background they come from. So, you know, it's it was it was a passion project for me. I'm glad I finally got Cheyenne out of my system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. But, you know, it's it, it's one of those things where you know, uh, so, some people are like why in the world would you do this? Because not every story is kumbaya. Right. Right. I mean, I get that. You know, everything that everything can't be happy, happy, happy. But you know yeah. part of me is a, a, a hopeless romantic, so I'm always looking for the happily ever after. But yeah. I And she had that with Laz. No, 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 no. We <laughs> We're not going back through this. I thought I have, that is. No, no. Because you know if we revisit them down the road, Laz's going to be gone, and, and her heart's going to be broken, and she's she going to end up being just like her auntie and using men for money, and it's going to be all Laz's fault. No, I see, no. <laughs> no, no, she did not have a happily ever after with him. No, you know. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. No, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. So before we end this show... If you could share one piece of writing advice with aspiring writers out there, what would it be? I would say uh, follow your heart in writing. Um, When I did the manuscript, and of course, you know, you have people that read it, people Mm -hmm. close to you, some some colleagues I had to read it um, from work. And not everybody likes every part and they don't understand where you're coming from with every part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say to just still follow you. Mm -hmm. Now you can get good advice from people. There were things that were in the book that I did take out, you know, under strong advisement, but there were things that I kept in, you know, and come to find out that person who advised me was very wise and knew what they were talking about. Okay. But there were some things because, you know, books can get kind of risque. But when you have a specific type of audience, you Mm -hmm. don't want to get as risque as you can get real. But some people are uncomfortable with that type of realness. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say just follow your heart with writing. You know, when you get people that read your book and they they criticize every little thing, you got to take it as a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. And be like, well, somebody's going to hate it. You know, I'm waiting right. on that. So far, people have loved my book. Thank mm-hmm. the Lord. But some people, you know, I know it's going to be somebody that comes along that just could not stand it. <laughs> so, right. you know, right. so you have to take the good with the bad, you know, and, and just follow your heart when it comes to you writing. Because you never get it finished if mm-hmm. you have everybody else's opinions in your ear. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I would say to finish it without anybody's opinions in your ear and then have people to read it. Of course, they Mm -hmm. point out your your mistakes 
mm-hmm. you know, and it's a good thing. But that would be my my piece that I would say to writers: follow your heart. Don't. Right. Yeah. Absolutely, authenticity is the key. Authenticity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if, if you try to be something you're not when you write and you try to please everybody, it's not gonna it's not gonna ring true, and no one's then people really won't like it. Yeah, people have their own opinions about stuff. Some people mm-hmm. like red socks. Some people mm-hmm. like blue. <laughs> it's like some people you know. like Laz. Some people don't like Laz. <laughs> if it was up to you, Laz would never see the light of gone, day. Gone, gone, Laz. But do you know how many Lazes I know? <laughs> I have known at that age. Mm. I have known Lazes younger than that age. Trust mm. me. It was always some Playboy in, in elementary school. <laughs> I ain't like them lasses either. They tried to come for me at Hampton. I was like, nah, player. I'm good. I'm good. Now you got a name for them, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, yeah, you can call them, uh-uh, that's the last. That's, that's the last. last right there. You don't mm-hmm. want that girl. We don't want the last. <laughs> we ain't doing the last. <laughs> Well, Miss Black Rose, we have come to the end of our show, and I want to thank you so much for sharing your time and your talents with us today. I've truly enjoyed having you here, even though I don't like glass. <laughs> I've truly enjoyed this time of talking to you, and thank you so much for having me. It is a godsend. I mean, it, it's truly been a wonderful time. So I, I feel very, very blessed. Shout out to Bloodland. Uh, thank you, thank you. Because <laughs> I'm always gonna plug, even if even if you have me on your show or anybody, <laughs> if I'm on anybody else's show, I'm plugging my sisters. So thank you, thank Bloodland, you. go out there and cop that joint in true that, '90s fashion. As I say, you. cop that joint. Cop Make that sure joint. you get it. <laughs> too much. Too much. <laughs> And booze and bros, you know how I end every show. I'm going to leave you with a quote from the late, great James Baldwin, who says, Love takes off masks that we fear we cannot live without and know we cannot live within. Until next time, y'all, grab a book and read. And I'm out. Today's guest was Sonia McNair, otherwise known as Black Rose. You can find her on Instagram at BlackRose0111, and you can find her book, Dangerously Dope Days, on Amazon, Kindle, and at Barnes & Noble, Google Books, and iUniverse. You've been listening to Between the Reads. I'm your host, Audra Russell. Thanks for tuning in. This week's episode was brought to you by loyal Patreon supporters, Romance author D.L. White, whose books you can find at booksbydlwhite.com. Xanthine's All Natural Products, which you can find at xanthines.com. That's X-A-N-T-H-I-N-E-S.com. And by the ultimate in urban literature, Paper Chase Publications, which you can find at paperchasepublications.com. Tune in next week for another great episode.